Welcome to The Bone Beat, conversations on health policy issues affecting musculoskeletal care and supporting advocacy efforts to advance access and quality. Brought to you by the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons. Here's your host, Kristen Coltis. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Bone Beat Podcast. Today, we're talking about an event that many of you have heard about, and that is our in-district advocacy event that's happening during the entire month of August. Here with us to talk about the event is First Vice President, Dr. Daniel Guy, and the grassroots lead from the Office of Government Relations, Madeline Kroll. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Kristen. So let's get right into it, Dr. Guy. I, I'd love for you to kick off this uh, conversation by telling members what our in-district advocacy event is. Certainly, Kristen. Uh, you know, uh, it's been a challenging year for everyone. And uh, if you just uh, rolled back the clock, you'd see that in February, when we first uh, encountered uh, COVID-19 as a problem, uh, we were forced to cancel our annual meeting. And at that point, we had no no idea how long uh, things would uh, be different. And of course, they remain different. Sometime early in May, we realized that it was not going to be practical to have our usual uh, uh, Washington, D.C. advocacy event that we call the National Orthopedic Leadership Conference. It was to be held the first week in June, and uh, there was just no way uh, that would be practical to have three or 400 people fly into DC for that event. So we had to cancel it. We still had the business portion of that meeting uh, accomplished virtually, but we recognize as well, this was still an opportunity. You know, when, when you have tough times, you still can find opportunities. And so we said, let's switch gears. Let's try to have our advocacy this year as a trial run. And hopefully it'll work really well. We want to do it again. And we'll do it in August and we'll do it in the district so people don't have to travel. It offered the opportunity for everyone to get involved, not just three or 400 people, but every orthopedic surgeon, their staff, their families, you name it, dogs and cats. And we could all get involved in uh, bringing our message uh, about patient access uh, for our own orthopedic patients to our members of Congress. And we chose August because that's traditionally the month of the year that is uh, uh, recess. It's a vacation time for Congress. But still not the case this year. They were going to have their uh, conventions because it is an election year. But those have been put off as well because of COVID. So we're going to use the whole month of August and extend even into September if need be so we can touch every member of Congress and give them our message. So that's the background and uh, glad to offer more. I I like that you said that this event is different than our traditional National Orthopedic Leadership Conference. So I want to kick it over to you, Madeline. Um, You are on our advocacy team in Washington and you help prepare our doctors for coming into D.C. and taking AOS's position and messaging to the Hill. So can you just introduce our listeners for those who may not be familiar with the concept of grassroots advocacy? So grassroots is a term that I think gets kind of thrown around a lot and in a lot of different contexts. And in this particular context, we're talking about grassroots as individual member engagement with their representatives. 
So figuring out creative ways to connect AAOS members, orthopedic surgeons with their representatives, either digitally or in person. And given the unique environment we're in with COVID-19, we've had to come up with some new and different ways to really make those connections. Speaking of making those connections and having to pivot this event, um, Dr. Guy, I know a lot of this was sort of something you were you were leading on behalf of the membership. Can you explain the uh, legwork and the foundation that went into this event and what members of our BOC and state orthopedic societies have been doing to help prepare? Certainly. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, Joe Bosco, our president, tasked me with taking the lead on this. So I assembled a group of all that are usually involved in our NOLC effort, and that's the, the BOC Board of Counselors. It's headed up by Tom Muzzanegro from Pennsylvania, and the BOC in concert with our state societies, always are in Washington. We always have the Board of Specialty Societies involved as well, and they're led by Craig Satterley, who's from Kansas City. Uh, Council on Advocacy, Wilford Gibson, a familiar name to everyone, is part of the process, and uh, our uh, PAC chaired by John Gill. And then we have a group called the Congressional Ambassadors, and this group of uh, orthopedic surgeons has, uh, has a good relationship with their member of Congress, and we've involved them. And, of course, it requires the, um, the backbone of our support, re- requires our Office of Government Relations. Uh, led by Graham Newsom and our lead uh, lobbyist, Catherine Boudreaux-Hayes. So we put together this group. We talked about how we wanted to do things. We set a timeline uh, and uh, went from there. Wilford Gibson and OGR have come up with the issues that we will uh, focus on in our in-district meeting. We're not confined to those, but those four issues are uh, what we're going to concentrate on when we meet with the member. So that's the uh, the group, uh, and I'd like to uh, offer as well to something to what uh, Madeline said about grassroots. You know, grassroots is about everyone getting involved, and you know that's a lofty goal because frequently we don't get everyone involved. And uh, you know, I liken uh, advocacy to the game of baseball. Uh, I said this in my speech earlier this year for the first vice president role at our annual meeting. It's in the baseball, you know, you win some and, and then you lose some and some get rained out. But I can get to tell you for certain, you have no chance to win if you're not even playing the game. So it's really important for everyone to consider getting involved. And if you can, participate and get to know your member of Congress, offer to be a resource and help them. And uh, if you show interest in the member of Congress, uh, then they're going to show interest in us. I like that analogy you provided, uh, Dr. Guy, because something that we want to do through this podcast and something we do through things like our advocacy action alerts is try to engage more of our members in this process. Uh, Madeline, you noted at the beginning what grassroots advocacy is and how critical it is to what we do in Washington. Uh, Can you walk through the actual process for member engagement in grassroots what does that look like, and and how can members engage on these issues and others year-round through our Advocacy Action Center? Sure, I'd be happy to. 
So the Advocacy Action Center is a relatively new feature and member benefit for orthopedic surgeons who are AAOS members. It's essentially a digital platform which features various issues of relevance to orthopedic surgeons, and it allows orthos to send a message directly to their member of Congress regarding those issues. And so it's a really easy, direct connection point. All a member who wants to engage has to do is log on to aaos.org slash advocacy action center, select the issue that they're interested in participating in. Um, it will make you log in with your AAOS member login. And then with just a few quick clicks of a button, um, putting in your name, your address, so it can identify your elected officials, um, and then, and then, like I said, a few button clicks, your message is off to your member of Congress. And, you know, I can speak from experience having worked for a member of Congress. I worked for my home state senator, Senator Crapo from Idaho. Um, it, these messages really do impact the way that legislators lean on these issues. They like to see how their constituents feel. They like to get a sense for if there's an issue that there's a lot of momentum behind. And so, I think that there's often this kind of fallacy about, oh, these messages just go into some inbox and nobody ever reads them. Um, I would refute that and say that these messages really, really have impact, especially when you reach critical mass on an issue and a, a senator or a representative receives a large number of requests to take action on an issue. So I think we've set up a, a platform that's really seamless and easy to use. And I would encourage members who haven't checked it out to go take a look. So with that, let's go back to you, Dr. Guy. Uh, Madeline has set us up well with you know how members can get engaged and what grassroots participation looks like. Can you uh, introduce the three issues that we've decided as an organization to raise with legislators and talk about why grassroots complements the work that our organization is already doing to um, make change in these areas? Certainly. Uh, you know, start uh, first with realizing that when we get to our in-district event, we're going to thank our member of Congress. We're going to thank him for the financial support that the entire country has received during this uh, COVID-19 event. Uh, and it has uh, kept our practices afloat through the payment protection plan, through SBA loans, through grants from Medicare, have all been very helpful, but we're still behind financially. And that's, that's creating a still a uh, ongoing burden. And the Congress is still uh, discussing ways to help going forward. So remember, start with a thank you and finish with a thank you. It's really important. We selected to begin with three issues. And uh, of course, uh, we're always prepared for something that comes along at the last minute. And I'll get to that one last. But so we went from three and now we have four. All of them are available on the website. Uh, and a little bit different than what Madeline described, where you can go to the Advocacy Action Center. This one, you go directly to aos.org. You did not have to log in. It's right on the landing page, and it's, uh, it uh, describes at length and gives you a lot of information about the in-district event. Included in that are all of the issues that are in front of us that we're going to focus on. 
The first is uh, medical liability reform. And this is a reform as it relates to uh, COVID-19. All of us that, that have been on the front lines realize that, you know, we've, we've had to sometimes change and do things that uh, it's not really part of orthopedics, but it's the right thing for patient care, uh, taking care of COVID patients when it's, uh, it's not even what we usually do. And we uh, have done that, you know, in, in the spirit of taking care of patients. And this measure of medical liability reform would provide pr protection when that care has been offered in good faith. So medical liability reform. Perhaps if we get somewhere with this, it might be a springboard to, to more reform in the future, but it's focused strictly on COVID-19. It's uh, HR 7059 if you, if you want to write down the number. The second issue is regarding prior authorization reform. And this is H HR 1307. And uh, this is, provides timely access to care. Anybody that's in practice today knows that we're always doing prior authorization or sometimes uh, short-named uh, short pre-certification uh, for patient uh, uh, procedures or treatments. And uh, right now, it's creating a barrier uh, to caring for our patients. Not only does it uh, restrict the care that can be provided in timely fashion, but it also keeps us from taking care of other patients who also need care, but we're spending our time on a telephone talking to uh, someone trying to obtain uh, permission to uh, provide treatment. So this one is strictly involves Medicare Advantage. And uh, again, though, it could act as a springboard to other prior authorization relief in the future, such as ERISA plans, which are federally uh, uh, funded insurance plans, uh, self-insured uh, insurance programs for corporations and big business. And the other one uh, would, uh, will require a state level uh, uh, initiative because uh, many state insurances are, are uh, run through the insurance commis commissioner for individual states. So uh, the prior authorization reform uh, legislation we're talking about will not impact those but it might give us a, a toehold and we can go from there. The third issue is on physician-owned hospitals. During COVID, there was a need for more beds and uh, temporarily suspended was the restriction on expanding physician-owned hospitals. And HR 7168 would be to make this expansion uh, a permanent on a permanent basis. But our fourth issue that just uh, dropped this week uh, actually is, from uh, the regulatory side of our government, not the Congress. And this came from CMS, and there's a couple of uh, features to this. It can be found on the website too at the landing page, and it uh, has to do with payment policy changes. Uh, not to get too technical, but uh, CMS has reduced the conversion factor that is applied to our RVUs, and it will uh, result in a uh, decrease across the board for uh, surgical fees, probably um, over, just over 5%, we think. Uh, this will affect every uh, surgical specialty, not just orthopedic surgery. In addition, there's uh, proposed cuts that were recommended from the Relative Value Update Committee to total hips and total knee arthroplasty. And again, that's about a 5% cut as well. And uh, the timing on this couldn't be worse. 
we all had to stop working for a couple months. Nobody that I know of is back up to full speed. And yet we're being asked to uh, uh, try to make it and still keep our offices open. And again, timing is, is poor on this one. The ask on this one to the Congress is to to actually uh, waive the Medicare budget neutrality requirements while we sift through this. Our government relations uh, staff are working diligently and around the clock to help uh, make this happen. Uh, but our voices need to be heard as well and carry that message to our member of Congress. And also to ask them to uh, maintain the current value of total hip and total knee arthroplasty. Uh, those fees have been stable for years. And to lower them now when we see an annual increase uh, in inflation isn't isn't logical at all. So those are our four main issues. Again, you're not confined to those, but are those issues along with thanking your member of Congress are what we're really asking you to do when you go to their office or ask them to come to yours in the in-district event. Dr. Guy, thank you for that excellent summary of, of the issues that AOS is raising to legislators. In your description of them, you really help to paint a picture of some that are uh, breaking, others that are evergreen that the AOS has been working on for years. I want to just uh, give you the opportunity here to make the pitch to your colleagues in orthopedic surgery um, about, about why engaging in this event and amplifying AOS's message makes a difference. You know, we have subspecialty groups um, that have issues all the time that they take to the Hill and their own advocacy agendas. But from your perspective, why is it important for orthopedic surgeons from every specialty and every state to help lift the message messaging on these four issues? Well, this is where uh, in-district uh, event advocacy is more powerful than what we do in June every year. And now when we walk around to different offices in June, we're frequently not uh, in the member of Congress district. Uh, you know, we're somebody in the state, uh, but we may not be a, a voting constituent of theirs. And in this event, we have a tremendous opportunity because now I'm going into my member of Congress Actually, he's coming to my office. He's going to come to my office and he's going to recognize me, not just as an orthopedic surgeon, but somebody's uh, vote that he counts on if he wants to become reelected. So it's very powerful. And when we go through our issues uh, with them one by one, face to face at their office or in our district, the message is just just becomes that much greater uh, and, and more powerful, as I noted. On these four issues, uh, the key is it's about access to care. You know, I always say it, if we are not there, we can't, uh, uh, the patients don't get treatment. And so every one of these four issues is about taking care of patients. I would just add on to the, the great answer Dr. Guy gave about unifying our message and say that that's something we want to continue year round and something that we frequently work with other coalitions on because really that unified message is something that helps move issues across the finish line. 
Yeah. Coalition building and having one unified message is just, those are two of the ways that AOS is able to um, elevate these issues. And rather than it being just one ask of our organization, we're bringing behind with us the full force of the musculoskeletal care community and of our patients. So for those of our listeners who are really interested in this in-district advocacy event and aren't quite sure how to get involved, um, or maybe even the levels of involvement that that exists for them, Dr. Guy, can you walk through what options our members have? Something as simple as the hashtag ortho advocacy in action, all the way up to potentially hosting a political fundraiser. Certainly. Uh Kristen, of course, is the expert on social media, so I'll let her comment on that later. But as far as where you want to enter the process, there are multiple levels. Uh, You can uh, certainly meet at your office or at the member's office in the district and have a one-on-one conversation. You don't have to do it alone. You can do it with your colleagues, uh, other orthopedic surgeons uh, in your group, uh, in your community. Even take your staff if you like. All those are are reasonable things to take our message about access to patient care. You can also uh, uh, simply uh, use the advocacy landing page and send in uh, a letter uh, that Madeline described earlier. You can uh, do a Zoom call. We have all the information on how to do a Zoom call. And so those those are ways in which you can uh, contact your member scheduler, and that's usually the way you do it. You call their district office, not the Washington office, ask for the scheduler, and they'll pick a time when you can get on your computer and do a Zoom uh, visit with the member of Congress. And again, have your message uh, ready. Uh, if you're not familiar with how to do an in-district uh, visit or a uh, visit in Washington, we have a webinar on the website that tells you exactly how to do it. And, uh, and present your message in a positive way. I would just add on to what Dr. Guy said about the importance of engagement on this. I think, you know, our, our members, orthopedic surgeons work so hard every day taking care of patients and running their offices, engaging with the musculoskeletal community. And quite frankly, there's nobody out there who's going to advocate for you better than yourself. And so being able to take even if it's just an hour to to get on the website and send some grassroots emails in through the Advocacy Action Center or like Dr. Dr. Guy said, connecting with your BOC representative to host a member of Congress at your practice. These items, which feel very baseline in terms of the time and energy you have to invest, will pay dividends in, in the long run. And I think it's important to remember that it's it's really our responsibility to advocate for the, the profession of orthopedic surgeons. You've got the Office of Government Relations behind you. You've got the organization AAOS behind you. And the more you, you engage on a personal level, the more we can amplify your voice. I'd like to add to that too, Madeline, just uh, one other point is that in the past, you know, the barrier to to advocacy was you had to hop on an airplane and spend a couple of days in Washington. We've got information on the website tell, that tells you how to do this with just a Zoom meeting with your member of Congress. Right. And they are expecting that. They, they are expecting most of these meetings will be held uh, by Zoom or other uh, method. 
And so uh, the directions on how to even do a Zoom meeting with your member of Congress is right there on the website landing page. So just for our listeners to clarify where some of these things might be, if, if you're listening and really interested in learning more about the issues or the specific ways to participate, you can find out more at aaos.org slash in district event. That's all one word in district event. Uh, and, and as Madeline noted, that Advocacy Action Center is actually up year round. Um, we have not only the in district advocacy issues, but we have other ongoing issues uh, like surprise billing and others. So I, as we're getting to a close here and as we've made our pitch to members about why they should get engaged, um, I just want to give Dr. Guy another opportunity to um, or or I want to give Dr. Guy the chance to talk about why getting engaged in advocacy now particularly is so important. We talk about participation year-round. Madeline and through the Grassroots Program, we send action alerts to members. We provide updates through our Advocacy Now newsletter. We share daily updates on Twitter. But why is now the right time for member participation and advocacy? We're coming out of a busy few months of COVID and we're going into an election. So what's your what's your take on that, Dr. Guy? Well, I think right now the whole healthcare industry uh, is uh, is viewed positively by members of Congress. Even though we're we're not beating COVID yet, everybody recognizes the sacrifice that uh, uh, healthcare providers and institutions have gone through to try to take take care of people in this country and around the world. So so we have, if nothing else, a positive image out there right now. And that never hurts us. Um, We are trying to do our best to provide care for patients under difficult circumstances. You know, for us to do an operation right now, we have to test our patients for COVID and then quarantine them until we do the surgery, unless it's an emergency. It's just an extra layer of work for us to be able to get patients the care they need. So I think we're, we're viewed in a very positive light right now. And it, as Kristen points out, it's an election year. Members of Congress, you know, they, they just really want to, uh, they want to meet you. They certainly want to raise funds because campaigning is very expensive and they spend a lot of their time doing it. Uh, practically all their time doing it when they're not in uh, DC legislating. So, uh, so we have opportunity. This is not, and we always make this uh, point. This is never about trying to determine uh, if you're for somebody that's Republican or Democrat or an independent. This is about is about whether or not you're for the practice of orthopedic surgery, and and you're for you're an advocate for caring for patients with orthopedic problems. Right. And I think everyone in our profession falls into that category. And if you do agree with me on that, then you should be involved in advocacy. And I really look forward to your help uh, in August. Thanks. I love that question, Dr. Guy. I hope that um, if anybody's listening to this episode, it's because they were curious about what we're doing 
Uh, they realize now how simple it is to get involved. And at the very least, they can participate through Twitter, Instagram, uh, using the hashtag at ortho advocacy in action. So thank you both for coming on the show and making the pitch um, for any of our members who are interested in connecting directly with the Office of Government Relations. Feel free to email dc at aaos.org. Thank you both for joining me on today's episode, and we look forward to a great success with this event. Thank you, Kristen, and everyone be well. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bone Beat from the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons. For more information on this topic and other AAOS efforts to shape the future of musculoskeletal care, please visit aaos.org advocacy.